Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Human Nutrition and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm very excited today to introduce to you Miss Lily Kane. Uh, so, Lily, if you just want to introduce yourself a little bit, tell everybody where you're from, what sort of things you do, and, and go from there. Sure. I And thank you for having me. I was born and raised in San Diego, California, and then I decided to go to Minnesota, the cold, and go to college there. So after four years of freezing myself, I moved to Maui, and that's where I met my fiance, and I'm kind of involved in the health and nutrition space because of him. I grew up very low income, so we grew up eating just a lot of top ramen, macaroni and cheese boxes, just a lot of processed cheap food. We would go grocery shopping at the Dollar Tree on food stamps. And then um, when I went to college, I was pretty underweight. If I look back on it now, my whole life, I was probably in a calorie deficit just because we didn't have enough money for a lot of food. So when I went to college, I gained the freshman 15 the first year. And then by the time I finished college, I had gained 20 pounds, which I was actually pretty happy about because I was a track and field athlete. So for all four years in college, I also um, was competitive and was competing in track. Um, so I was able to get away with eating all the donuts and the pies and the cookies and all the dessert foods that I was eating at the cafeteria food um, buffet. But then um, I thought that, you know, I'm young, I'm invincible, I can keep doing this forever. But as I moved to Maui, met my fiance, I found that those habits of drinking beer, going to happy hours, and just continuing to have foods that just weren't serving my body or my goals. The muscle I had built turned to fat. I was having more joint pain and inflammation, more mood swings. I was skipping a menstrual cycle and there was just small things going on with my health at 22. But then because I met him, he kind of gave me some more perspective. He's nine years older than me. So he had already at that point done a vegan diet, a vegetarian diet, a fruititarian diet, Mediterranean diet. He had tried all these different diets on a path of just trying to live his longest, healthiest, best quality life and found that a really a plant-based diet did the opposite for him. And so he found that a ketogenic diet actually healed and sealed his gut. And so it kind of was where I met him. He was eating more ketogenic and then it just went from there. That's great. I, I often hear people say it's a particular person that helped them turn the corner for them. And, and in a way, he helped you skip a few steps there as well. Because people generally go towards refining their nutrition with real foods that may be plant foods in a kind of vegan or vegetarian style, and then perhaps work out that that's not getting the best nutrition. So then refine it even further into keto, paleo, and maybe even carnivore, pushing the boundaries as far as I could go. So you've obviously, he helped you refine your nutrition. He helped you come off all those processed foods. He helped you potentially go to a lower carb nutrition. And what were the initial benefits that you found from doing something like that? Yes. And initially, too, it was never, he was not saying, you need to change your diet. You need to do what I'm doing. Copycat me. No way. I was, I was bringing jars of the Costco Toll House cookie dough to his place and leaving it in the freezer because I thought, you know, this guy, he does not have sugar in his place. I will bring it. But eventually, after a long enough period of time of just eating sugar by yourself, it's not as fun. So it was just very gradually, I would just start asking him questions like, 
why are you not eating these vegetables, but you're having those ones? Oh, because you read The Plant Paradox by Dr. Gundry, and he's talking about lectins. And so um, it was one of those things where I just had to ask him questions because he was never going to force it. But I found that by just slowly removing bread, slowly removing pasta, it wasn't even that I went fully ketogenic. I was just going more low carb. I initially dropped a ton of water weight. I lost for 10 fast. Um, and then since even refining the vegetable, like plant foods that I eat, my joint pain in my knees, because I was a runner for eight years, my, I had a very bad, severe joint pain. And so that's gone. I've also, as a woman, I was always, I had different UTIs or skipping a cycle or different menstrual cycle issues where that completely leveled off. I used to have very severe cramping as well. And that completely went away less acne, more energy, less mood swings, where I would have that peak from eating all of the ice cream and candy to then the crash, I'm ready to take a nap or I'm gonna be irritated or irritable. So just having more of a calm mindset. And it's very strange to explain out loud because people, unless they've done it, they don't, it's harder to like be like, are you just saying crazy stuff? Yes, but I can remove myself from let's say heated debates. So if someone's being argumentative or if, the, or if we're in a stress situation, I can, pause more easily and remove myself and use my logical brain versus be like emotional reactive like i have to just you know be irritated or be fresh you know stressed whereas eating this way i think i just have more of my brain back since i'm not eating a bunch of processed chemical foods that are altering my brain chemistry well that's great it's, it's brilliant to hear all of the things that you picked up just from basically following on from an example of the person you met and i often work with a lot of people and they say how can i show my siblings how can i show my partner how can i show my family and it's all about leading by example i'm so pleased that you managed to find that in your life and you've carried on with it so leading on from all the exciting things that you learned about then i guess you then started to think well let me really look into this then let me really see why this is and you mentioned that there that there's certain plant foods that potentially it's best to avoid and what are the things you kind of learned along the way about certain types of foods well, so initially when we had moved more ketogenic and then it started turning more and more animal-based ketogenic, my fiance Bryce, he was just listening to more like Dr. Ken Berry and hearing more about how certain vegetables or plant foods may still stimulate leaky gut, ulcerative colitis, irritable bowel syndrome. And that was something that he was trying to more heal and seal his gut. Cause again, years of, of plant-based diet, he had some things he needed to heal um, that he slowly started removing broccoli and cauliflower and carrots. And I was like, well, that's not fair. Why do I have to keep eating the broccoli? So eventually I just slowly started because we cook together, we clean together, we grocery shop together. It's just easier for us to just do the same thing. Um, so eventually I just slowly started having less plant foods as well. And then I made my YouTube channel, which I was not making, my YouTube channel did not start out of talking about diet and nutrition, my YouTube channel actually started because I just wanted to make people happy. So I actually started by first making crafts. And so I was making these crafts and sending them to people all over the world. But then I just slowly started evolving to, well, let's talk about what to get someone for Christmas or what to get your man for Valentine's Day or what I eat in a day. Oh, snap. And that was like the biggest shock for people is to hear what I eat in a day. At that time, I was pretty much just eating six foods, beef, bacon, butter, liver, eggs, and sardines. And it got people asking questions like, why can't you have seasonings? Are you allowed to have blueberries? Is it not okay to have coffee? And so I was getting all these questions and realizing that I was now turning into kind of a spokesperson to be a representative and an example 
there are different people in different parts of their health journey, whether they are young and they're more like me, kind of metabolically healthy, I don't think they have to eat a strict carnivore diet and they may want to be able to have flexibility just for social events, for traveling, for mouth pleasure, for whatever reason it is that they want to include some plant foods. Other people, whether they're trying to heal skin, heal gut, heal mental health, lose some weight, they may want to go more animal-based. So I on plant foods has shifted a lot because initially I had heard, you know, different people, fruit's really high in sugar. You don't want to have fruit. Oh, vegetables are really high in anti-nutrients. You don't want to have too many toxins like oxalates and lectins and phytates. Oh, you know, you don't want to drink your water because your water is going to have some chlorine. And oh, you don't want it. And it's like every single food has its problems. And so I've kind of shifted my idea with plant foods to more, if I would say prioritize meat first, and then if you want to include vegetables, I would just make sure to cook them, soak them, sprout them, and then rotate through them. So rather than eating cauliflower every single day, get the different, then you can spread out the anti-nutrients a little bit. And then if you're going to have fruit, again, it depends on the person, but I, I would just try to rotate through fruits and vegetables and be more cyclical in what you're doing with those things. And don't overdo it. I mean, you can, you can try overdoing it. And if you find that it's giving you digestive issues or it's not helping you reach your goals, then, you know, you can tone it back, but I would prioritize meat first, add the vegetables and fruit for mouth pleasure. Yeah. Generally what you tend to find is that people change the nutrition or want to change the nutrition because they're struggling with something, whether it be a digestive issue or a body composition issue or even a, a athletic performance issue. They want to try and get to the root cause of what's stopping them achieving their goal. So the best way to do that, like you say, is potentially to strip everything out, go back to a kind of a baseline, which may be a keto, paleo, or carnivore baseline, and then work out whether or not certain fruits and vegetables can be part of your nutrition in there. But the key thing to take away from anything, uh, any type of conversation over nutrition, is it has to be animal-based because all of the nutrition and all of your vitamins and minerals are coming from those animal foods, which you say that you prioritize really, really well, and you have gone strict carnivore, I know that. So what is the difference, would you say, between a strict carnivore diet and an animal-based diet that does allow you to be more flexible with those fruits and vegetables that you can, that your body can accept? Well, and to go off your point about um, vitamins and minerals being in the in the meats, I just heard how a orange, if your grandparents would have eaten an orange when they were a kid, it had eight more vitamins and minerals in it than an orange does today. So if you wanted to eat an orange like your grandparents, you got to eat eight of them to get the same vitamins and minerals. So that's just something to think about. But um, I have noticed just for myself eating strict carnivore, I'm not as happy frankly. I mean, as far as like, do I, am I, my digestion is fine and my sleep's fine and my energy and things like that is all fine. But as far as having something to look forward to with food, yes, food is fuel. And so I think that sometimes with mainstream and just the way of society nowadays, we forget that that is what food is. And we have turned it into, well, food is a cultural thing. It's a social thing. It's a religious thing. And there's other reasons why people eat food, but in the same sense, going to the extreme of it's only fuel and that's it. You cannot have something that's going to just like give you a little bit of excitement. That for me is where I have been struggling a little bit, where I have almost done 60 full days strict carnivore. And again, if I include dairy, if I have milk in there, my digestion's better, my sleep's better, and my endurance is better. When I removed full carbs and went zero carb, uh, my, my digestion got really bad. I had diarrhea for a whole entire month, never went away until I brought back in milk, 
my sleep was really bad, my endurance, my gym, my, my head. Um, so yes, I think for myself, just my personality type, I like to have a little bit of lemon or a little bit of seasonings or a little bit of something just to change it up and have some more flavor. Yeah, there's absolutely no problem with that. I, I think if as a whole, the whole world did that, then we'd be healthier as a result. There's too much emphasis on you have to, if you're going carnivore, if you're eating animal produce, you have to be strict carnivore. Don't think that's the case. If you are prioritizing your animal produce, if you're making sure, let's say 90% of all of your nutrition is coming from animal foods, animal produce, and then you can refine the last five, 10%, whatever you want into what makes you happy. That's why I always talk about nutrition in the sense of nutrition and lifestyle, because it's got to fit into your lifestyle. Everybody does a different kind of lifestyle. Some people put in lots of exercise. Some people don't. Some people want to do other things like fasting or cold therapy, other acute stresses in their whole life. And some people have families. Some people don't. So everybody's different. Don't feel like just because we're talking about optimal nutrition is eating meat, that has to be the only thing you can eat. You can incorporate lots of other things in there. So really what, what I want to get out of you is when you was going along your journey from paleo, keto, um, going along with your husband and things like that, you must have been picking up things from other influencers or influencers or picking up things from other people and then trying it out yourself. So mm. give us a little um, deep dive into the how you kind of try these things out. Because I've worked with a lot of people and I've spoken to a lot of people who say, yeah, I've tried keto. Yeah, I've tried paleo. It doesn't work. But they kind of dip the toe in, and that's never going to work, is it? Right. Well, and that's, yeah, and I, that's a great question, because I get to that point, too, where especially while I'm doing this strict, right, I, no coffee, no, you know, just meat. They, um, not that I was a coffee drinker before, anyway, but I have found that people will leave comments saying, well, you just have to keep going longer. And it kind of turns into like, it, as soon as I will repeat a comment that somebody said, like, it's not that I have to go stricter, it's that I have to go longer. Then Bryce is saying, I remember when I was eating a fruititarian diet and they said the same exact thing. They said, nope, you're just detoxing. You are, you know, you, your, your gut's healing right now. It's just symptoms. It's not bad. If your body's giving off these things, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Keep going, remove the bananas, add more watermelon, whatever it was. It's like, I feel like in a way I'm going to be disappointing people who are strict carnivore and believe that, that is the way and the only way when I go and I say, I'm not going to keep doing it. Like, I'm going to have some little things here or there. And people are going to say, well, you didn't do it long enough. But I know that from his experience that when you continue doing something, you can spiral down. Okay, well, do I have to do it 90 days? Well, how about 120 days? We'll have to do it for six months. So anyway, I'm not sure what the correct length is to do something, but I would say give something at least 30 days to try something out. And then, yes, when people are going from a high-carb diet to a low carb diet, they will notice. Like I would be surprised if they do not notice any sort of transition in their gut because um, you're using a different fuel source. So you do have to give something some time, but also it's just, I, my biggest suggestion would be keep an open mind, try new things, but if something isn't working, that's okay. Try something else. But some people I find that they will try something, it doesn't work and I'm not trying anything else. I'm sticking to a standard American diet. What? Yeah, I think that what I was trying to get at is that people, 
kind of do it for a week and then like you say back off and think that's not working i'll go back to to what i was doing anyway but i think there's kind of like you were saying a honeymoon sort of period there as there is with lots of things i think if you can keep going for 30 plus days up to 60 days in my personal experience and people i've worked with it's around about the 60 day mark that i figure out whether it's working or not properly for the person for the person's goals for their to fit into their lifestyle and what they want to do so I'd always say to people, give it at least 60 days. And then if you're still experiencing not brilliance, you know, not achieving your goals, you know, you still want something else and you don't think this is the way for you, then change it there and then. You don't have to keep, like you say, it's not infinity. You don't have to keep going with it if it's not fitting into your lifestyle. If that particular part of the nutrition is not working for you, then change it there. But you have to give it that honeymoon period of, at least at least 60 days I think well and I think it depends on what it is that they're going towards so for example when I first started eating a standard American diet or when I was eating a standard American diet by removing bread it wasn't that big of a deal right like I'm still including pasta and rice and everything minus bread so then once you get to that level and you're like okay nothing really changed I just removed bread I'm gonna try removing soda right so I don't think people have to go to the extreme of okay I gotta remove everything and then you're definitely gonna feel low energy or fatigue or whatever the other symptoms they may experience but if you gradually move into something then it's a lot mentally easier but also physically so much easier if you don't just rip it off like a band-aid so someone of course if they wanted to experience doing a low-carb diet and they're currently eating a standard American diet try a month without soda See how that goes. Then a month without candy, <laughs> and then just gradually move into it. Because again, this isn't like a race, so there's that as well. They don't exactly. Want yeah, I think I think people have got to understand. Let's say, let's say you're 30 years old. I think people have got to understand that you've been doing whatever you've been doing for 30 years. So <laughs> it's not going to take you a week to snap out of that. You know, if if you need to make a change, then it's got to be gradual. Be, I, I often say, and I, I've said before on my podcast that if you make 365 changes imagine where you're going to be this time next year if you don't make any then you'll be back to where you was <laughs> so it's coming back to something similar to what you're saying just take out those things gradually and then you'll be surprised if you're into the future if you're a year down the line and you've taken out even 12 things you know one each month like you say you'd be surprised where you are at the end of it and i think that's the best way to do it because yes there is people out there that can go cold turkey and go and go straight from a high carb diet to a carnivore diet really knuckle down and really do it but does that have detriment biologically maybe you know we have lots of people say because i went cold turkey it didn't really stick so right. so there is ups, um, pros and cons to that it depends what kind of personality you are but i think the, the what fits the person most people's personality is exactly what you say go nice and slow with it so how do you find i mean it's easy for you now to find it to fit in with your family because you're both doing the same sort of thing but how do you find it from other people close to you, maybe friends and, and maybe some other of your family? How do they see you and what sort of things do they say to you? Well, in the beginning, I think change is hard. And if it's hard for yourself, it's hard for other people as well. So if they see you and they know you as one person and you're becoming somebody else in their mind, especially with friends, when a friend signs up to be your friend, because family, they don't get much of an option, but the friend is saying, hey, I want to be your friend because of this thing, because we get to go and have popcorn in the movie theaters and go and get ice cream together and we get to drink alcohol. So sometimes it can, I find from my experience, be a little bit harder with the friends being more accepting because they didn't sign up 
for that kind of friend. Um, with family, there will be comments. What about your cholesterol? Aren't you got heart disease? And you know, they start asking questions because they care about you and they really love you and they want to make sure you're doing what's best for you. But in the same sense, if something is working for you, friends and family should be able to say they lost weight, they lowered their insulin, they are, I mean, they're um, getting off medications, they are, you know, their skin's clearing up, whatever it is that you are trying this new diet for, they will see that. And then oftentimes too, when I, you know, it's really hard for family to say like, hey, you're doing something wrong. Cause just if you look at us, we look like different people. So um, I just kill people with kindness. I don't really try to talk about food. I find food's a very sensitive topic with people. So I just try to blend in and not make things a big deal. So when I go out to eat, I know some people they are gonna be pretty particular. Don't bring the potatoes, don't add the bread to the table. I just say, I'll take the steak with the potatoes and the green beans. Sure, I'm not gonna eat them. I feel bad I'm wasting food, but maybe I can give it to family and friends, but it just makes it seem more normal for people. Um, because unfortunately, you know, in society nowadays, how things have become normal, like you have to have dessert, you have to drink alcohol. It's kind of a strange thing, but it is what it is. So we are the weirdos. We are the ones going against the norm. And so therefore, let's just try to blend in and make other people feel comfortable because I'm very confident in what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing is right for me. That's okay if you don't understand. I'm just going to keep doing me. You can have comments. You can have questions. I will just love you. Yes, I think it's a, it's a great thing to say is leading by example in a way. Because I know there's lots of people that worry about other people. And I've worked with so many people who said, oh, yeah, but my fam I can't bring my family on board. I feel like I'm always going against them. I've lost a couple of friends through, you know, what I'm doing and certain things like that. But if you're confident enough to lead by example and keep doing it, in the end, you will find that if they are proper friends, if they are a supportive family, they will come round and they will yeah. really look at what you're doing and saying, oh, yeah, it's benefiting you no end. And, and like you say, at the end of the day, most people... If they're really, really true friends and, and, and close family, they'll say, look, this is great for you. You're looking great. Or, you know, you're achieving your goals. So keep doing it, you know, and then hopefully you can inspire them to do it as well. You know, that's the main goal. <laughs> but when you go out, then you mentioned that you go out to, to restaurants and things and socialize with friends. And is, is that what you do? You, you just sort of take it on the chin as it comes and then leave some at the side? Or do you order anything different as you go out? we honestly go out one time a year. Yeah. So where I'm like the worst person to ask, like, what do you get when you go out to eat? Um, like, for example, last, like this year we haven't gone out to eat, but last year in December, we went out to eat with our friends for Christmas. And I am different than other people where I'm like a moderator. So some people, they have to be abstainers because if they have a little bit of something, it turns into a lot of bit of something. So last year, I believe we ordered some steaks, um, lobster, but then we did have glasses of wine they brought bread to the table. I know we didn't eat the bread. They brought, and then all of our friends ordered dessert, but we didn't have dessert. So we still, I think the only thing we had was wine, but other people, maybe they want to partake in dessert. That's fine. I did that too. Like when we went out to dinner in the past this year, obviously see, we only go out so often that it's not a, a common thing, but I could order differently. It just depends on what people's goals are. Cause I get asked this question too about like cheat days. Well, you're, if you're going to cheat, I'm never, I'm not on a diet. I'm like, this is just how I eat. And if today I want to eat some French fries, I'll eat some French fries. But I know that French fries usually don't make me feel good. They usually will give me acne. I'm not really worth it. I love the taste of bacon. I love steak. I love having lobster and rack of lamb. So it's not like I'm like, oh man, 
I have to eat these disgusting animal foods. Like I love everything I eat. So it's a different approach, I guess. Cause for me, if I have, some people have to put the boundaries on, no, you can only eat animal foods because that's how their mind works. For me, I have to say, I can eat everything. I can eat donuts, I can eat chips because as soon as I say that I can't, then I want it. So I just said, I can eat anything, but there's repercussions, so that's it. Yeah, I think that's a great way to think about it. I, I often say about when we was talking earlier about being 100% carnivore or, or being 95, I think that sort of 90 to 95 gives you that flexibility Whereas like you say, you can say to yourself, yeah, I can have it if I want it, you know, and then if you choose to leave it on your plate or if you just choose not to eat, then that's your choice. I think as soon as you do end up going 100% carnivore or do end up making it far too strict, then when you go out places or when you go around to friends' houses or when somebody else is doing the cooking for you, let's say, then all of a sudden you have a bit of a mental battle on your mind. But if you, like you say, you, you say, look, I'm 95%. So that 5%, that could be those potatoes. That could be those green beans. You know, it doesn't matter. I can have them if I want them, you know? So if that, that's, that, that all comes under the banner of lifestyle. That's why I often say you have to make nutrition part of your lifestyle. They are not a separate thing. So often people say, yeah, well, I do this in my lifestyle, but I eat like this, but you've got to join them together. Especially I work with athletes and athletes do too. And I know you do some kind of training as well so do you incorporate your nutrition around your training do you make sure you change your nutrition whilst you're training or, or, or and how does that work great question i go to the gym five days of the week we do an arm day back day leg day chest day shoulders and then we take a walk 10 minute 50, it's like 15 minute walk after when we first wake up in the morning after our first big meal of the day and after dinner so that's about an hour Hour of walking a day or 45 minutes so definitely get body movement every day as far as how does my nutrition play a role in that I would say I definitely noticed the biggest change when I took the milk out and, and any carbs and going zero carb definitely impacted just my endurance strength wise I was fine but then um I don't feel like my nutrition necessarily plays a huge role around my working out because I work out fasted just because I wake up and I go straight to the gym. So I go to the gym at like eight and seven thirty at eight in the morning. So I don't eat beforehand, but I'll uh, give a little carbs, give some milk right when I finish and come back home. Uh, I, because I'm sweating, I'm working out. I'm, I'm not losing electrolytes. I do supplement with some electrolytes with my milk. So good. Um, and yeah, other than that, my nutrition is just eat as much as I can eat, build my metabolism as much as I can and enjoy. Yeah. I think that's the absolute perfect way to do it. There's too many people that emphasize the fact that you have to eat straight away after exercise. You have to fuel your exercise beforehand. You know, there's all these kind of things out there that say you have to tweak your nutrition to your exercise. And I am a real firm believer that you do not have to do that at all. If your nutrition is spot on, if you already have that 90 to 95% animal-based nutrition, then your exercise just should just slot in as and where you want it to. You don't have to change your nutrition. You don't have to put it in behind any nutrition or before any nutrition or anything like that. Your body is quite capable of picking it up because of your good nutrition. I mean, I'm an endurance athlete. So if you read all the books... And you listen to what everyone says, as soon as you finish working out, you need to stack in that protein. And before you even go out, you're meant to have carbs. Being, <laughs> you know, but that is not the case. If you if your nutrition is absolutely spot on with those animal produce, then you're getting all of the vitamins and all of the minerals, like we spoke about before, all the bioavailable things that your body needs. So you don't need to have it 
either side of your exercise. You can just do your exercise whenever you like, like, like you say. But you mentioned there that you do little bits of fasting workouts. Um, is that to, to get more out of your workout or does that just fall in with your day? Yeah, just falls in with the day it just makes it so i don't have to wake up extra early to eat and then because i don't want to work out super full so but i do i do believe in the power of intermittent fasting and giving your body a break to just not have to be digesting food i think you have to be about 17 hours um, fasted to get the autophagy effects i don't think i go all quite to 17 anymore i used to do two meals a day intermittent fasting like 16, eight all the time. And it got to the point where I just couldn't get in enough calories. And so I was kind of in a calorie deficit doing it that way. And I, um, trying to build more muscle and I just believe in the power of really fueling yourself and giving enough food. So I break my fast with milk, which is like nothing, but maybe one day I'll make my breakfast bigger. I keep telling myself I should be eating breakfast, like a King lunch, like a queen and dinner, like a pauper, but I eat my dinner, like a King and backwards. Yeah, actually, there has been some really good studies that have found if you eat big in the morning, then it actually keeps your blood sugar a lot lower for the rest mm -hmm. of the day. Because if you leave it too late in the day, then you can end up craving lots of foods and then have a big spike towards the end of the day. So it's something even for people who have good nutrition to think about is front loading their day. I mean, I'm always an advocate of, of swapping it about. You know, don't do the same thing all the time. If you eat in the morning, usually then fine, but at least a couple of days a week, eat late, you know, so just yep. mess it about so you, your body and your metabolism doesn't get, you know, used to, to what you're doing. Um, so, so you said that you did periods of intermittent fasting. In that time you was doing it, was you purposefully then watching the clock to do it or was you just picking times of the day, like I say, start of the day, end of the day to actually put your food in there? It was more, initially it was like, okay, I, get, I can't eat until this time even though I'm hungry, which I that was, I feel like me training myself to be used to not eating so often. Cause that was when I first went from standard American diet. Um, but actually just became really natural where I just wasn't waking up hungry. And then I would just eat when I was hungry or it was probably like 11, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And then, um, we like to finish dinner early just to give ourselves more time to digest before going to bed. So I was having dinner at around five. So I was doing like a 12 to five some days, um, a lot of days, but it just kind of happened naturally. That's brilliant. So what would you say to people then who are wanting now after listening to us thinking, right, I need to get this 90%. I need to get this 95% of animal braised produce. Perhaps some of them have maybe even tried keto in the past, but some of them are, are still on quite a high carbohydrate style nutrition. What would you say to them to take those first steps into thinking, I really want to go into animal produce and I really want to get there because lots of people think that you have to buy the best steaks you have to get the best cuts. You have to get this grass-fed organic things. But what are really the best steps to start adding more animal produce into your nutrition? Well, I think that people should start first by drilling down their why. Why are they doing this? Are they doing this because they want to be able to play with their grandkids one day, travel the world? Like, why are you reaching for a healthier life? Because people so often they think, okay, I just want to lose weight. And I think that's a great reason to want to start a diet. But oftentimes that's not a deep enough why to keep somebody motivated to keep doing that because as soon as they hit a weight loss stall or they don't lose weight initially, they will switch. So 
there's more to, if someone's goal is weight loss, well, why are you trying to lose weight? Oh, because I want to find a partner in life and, and have a healthy, happy relationship, or because I want to be able to get off my medications. There's something else other than weight loss. So what is that deeper cost other than the weight loss? Um, and then once you are in tune with your why, it's much easier to be like, okay, so my option is to eat the Oreo cookies or to have a keto cookie. You know, I'm all for like, if you want to, let's just swap some of the sugar and the flowers. Um, that's where I would start on okay, this Oreo cookie tastes the exact same as this keto Oreo cookie because I've made them before. And uh, then then what's the reason for having the regular Oreo cookie? There's no reason at that point. Tastes the exact same, looks the exact same. Let's have the one that doesn't have all the sugar and the flowers. Um, so I would start with just drilling down, why am I doing this? Because there will be times when you're tempted. There will be times when you don't want to continue. There will be times where you question what you're doing. But as long as you um, are more in tune with why you're doing something, then it makes it so much more fulfilling and it makes it so you want to continue. And I would just start by not, and that's when you go back to your why, you can say, okay, well, I don't need to fix everything this week. I can start today with saying, okay, I'm going to have a half a cup of soda versus a whole cup of soda. And I'm going to replace that other half with milk, or I'm going to replace that other half with water or kefir, something else. Okay. Now I'm going to remove having half of my pasta with having, you know, a couple ounces more of steak or a couple more slices of bacon. There are, so you have to find a bridge and you have to find the alternative. People are like, well, if I don't have chips, what can I eat to give me the crunch? Bacon, pork rinds, carnivore crisps, make your own dehydrated chips. There are other alternatives. Let's just find them. Because instead of saying it's overwhelming, there's, it's too complicated, it's not. It's excuses. So let's stick to our why, make it happen. Yeah, brilliant. That's it. I love that. It's excuses because <laughs> it quite often is just excuses to have a certain thing when if you've got that real why flashing up in lights in front of you, then you don't need to make that excuse. And I've lost count of the amount of times when people have come to me with a certain goal, let's say it's to lose body fat. Um, and then I'll say, but what about your health? And they go, oh, yeah, that too. So, and, and, but it's very rarely somebody's first goal is they want to be healthy. They want to live long. You know, they want to make sure that their body is in the perfect health it's very rarely somebody will come to a coach or somebody will say to you look this is just exactly what i want can i achieve this goal but that goal has to be up there with weight loss with body composition with optimal athletic performance it's always got to be there too well yes because when it comes to vanity reasons of like i want to look better and i get it i, I want to look good too there will always be something that people do not like about you. So you lose the weight, great. Well, guess what? Your hair's too oily, your face is too, your no nose is too pointy. There's always gonna be something that people want you to change. So change for yourself because it's good for you, not because you're doing it for other people and the approval of other people. I thank you very much for your time. Anyway, today it's been absolutely great to talk to you. And before you go, just tell everybody where they can find you, follow along with you, find all the great content you're putting out there as well. Um, uh, if you've got websites, Instagram, YouTube, let everybody know. Awesome. And thank you again. I am on YouTube, Lily Kane, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, Lily Kane underscore YouTube. That's great. And you're putting out some great content, Lily. So I urge you to keep doing that and we'll bring more people into the low carb, keto, carnivore space, a healthier lifestyle for everybody. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you.